This is episode 53 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week we start off season 3 of the podcast, talk about a ton of games, and then we play Over Under. Hi, this is episode 53 of the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Anthony. I'm Mitch. I'm Jeff. And Nick is gone forever. forever. <laughs> he said he said he might be here. He left behind only a beard. Yeah, in true Nick fashion. It's like, I might show up to the podcast, maybe. He's kind of hipster about it. He's like, eh, if I'm not busy. He likes to show us screenshots of his iCal where he's like, look, guys, I blocked you out. I'm there. Yeah. And yet here we are. Ted's so going to be there, bro. It's been how long? Since episode 52, since July, so at least like a year. Yeah, yeah. You're In game years. <laughs> yeah. So um, much has happened. We, you know, we took we took our break because that was the end of season two, so I guess this is the beginning of season three of the podcast, right? You're yes, I think this right. is it. So, so basically, yeah. you're, you're, this is the first uh, show that we've made three seasons of. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. Oh, it's first. shit. This is oh, the... Oh, uh, <laughs> Well, not, not including Elite World that we started on, right? I'm kidding. There's no season three. <laughs> you just heard a pin drop like everywhere across the internet. It was like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah so we're still making Elite World, right? This no, if anything, three. the the Valve trailer of Counter Strike Go that was made in Source Filmmaker just like reinforced that, like, God, we just can't even do anything. We would work five times as hard on something, and it would look one fifth as cool. <laughs> <laughs> As that CSGO trailer did in, in, in SFM. Uh, I thought the point of SFM was that everybody's films come out looking that good. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? right. Uh, um, uh, Zachariah Scott is doing some really awesome stuff in Source Filmmaker. Yeah, but he, he is also a, a talented animator who works for Bioware. So Yeah, that's true. But he's done some pretty baller stuff. Um, so anyway, this is the beginning of Season 3, and we wanted to hold off. Kind of our rule between seasons is when we get the itch to, to cast again, when we feel like we've got stuff to talk about. Um, and it kind of started happening last week, and especially today with the Wii U launch stuff. So um, We also have to wait for the hate to subside a little bit before we, you know, like that burning anger that we have for each other by the end of a season. Yeah. yeah. Or is especially that just coming me? from Jeff, because Jeff was just like, do we have to cast this week? <laughs> Yeah, I want to say the last like four or five casts, Jeff was always looking for like, guys, do we really need to cast this? <laughs> I have a couple cool concerts I need to go to, and uh, and I would much rather do it than talk to you guys. nasally, pimply boys. It's true. It's true. It's all me. So I was going to talk about games we're playing, but since I mentioned the Wii U stuff, let's just go and talk about that because that's the big news today is uh, all the Wii U launch price info that came out. It is $300 for the basic. Right. And 350 for the bundle. What does the bundle include? I'm clueless about so, any of so these the, announcements. The bundle has more storage space, but like the so the basic has eight gigs, and the bundle has 32. 32. Right. And it, isn't it like very small for a console. The, the, <laughs> the color is different, so it's got black. Like, yeah, because it's bigger. And there's oh, <laughs> and Jesus. <laughs> and it, there's some like what mystical membership. There's thing. a Nintendo Premium Network subscription, which we don't know what that does. Oh, or excuse me, it gets you 10% off software purchases so and points like for buying titles. It sounds like PlayStation Plus. Doesn't it come with the Nintendo Land as well? 
Yeah. I, do they both come with Nintendo Land? No, I know the basic does not. Okay, so then the premium comes with the N- Nintendo Land. I'm pretty sure, yeah. You know, because everyone's just clamoring for a little bit of that Nintendo Land. <laughs> if they don't put it in, then no one's going to play it. Because no true. one's buying that thing. Does it Sorry, also have just that uh, heart sensor <laughs> from a few years ago? Vitality sensor? Yeah. <laughs> They've just the, been uh, waiting for the day to release that. The games will cost 60 bucks, and they're not putting the, the Wii Pad on sale yet because they have no games that will support it. But in Japan, also, it's going to be on I sale, and it's $173. Wait, wait $173? In so Japan, yeah. The, the, the controller. The numbers that you just told do not include the pad? Oh, no, no, it includes, but if you want to buy, like, an extra one, they're not putting that on sale yet here in the U.S. I thought thought it didn't support an extra one. Wait, by the pad, do you mean, like, the tablet? Yeah, the tablet, the game pad, It's $173? In Japan. It's more than the Kinect? Yes. Yes. That's crazy. So, they're not putting it on sale here yet. Why would you want to buy a a tablet by itself? Like, I thought the system... To have a second controller. Well, no, I mean, but that's the thing. I thought the the system only supported two. Oh, It supports two. It just cuts the frame rate in half. Yeah, it just cuts the frame right in half. They don't have any games that yet support two because they only added crazy. that because Weeple people bitched about it. Weeple, so Weeple. yeah, people. We nope. Weeple the people. So yeah, uh, that's they don't, and they don't even have it on sale yet because they don't have any games for it because they were like, oh, I guess we can make some. So Anthony made a good point today. He messaged me and he was like, Eddie, would you like to buy your 360 back from me for three hundred dollars? Because they're essentially selling a a current gen system. For three hundred bucks, yeah, which I, which is baffling to me. Yeah, a lot of the things I saw on message boards were like, "Well, this is cheaper when the the PS3 came out." I'm like, "Yeah, because it's a six year old. You're basically paying what a six year old system that came out. Yeah, it was two thousand ago. Was, that had a that had a Blu-ray player, and yeah. we're sitting here comparing that. That's not apples to apples exactly. Mass Effect Three isn't even going to be in 1080p on this system, it which is. makes me wonder, like, can it do it? I thought I thought I thought I saw something about it doing 1080p somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's not the, it's Mass Effect post. 3. It, it won't be able to support 1080p on Mass Effect 3. Hmm. My favorite, crazy. my favorite thing about this. Okay, sorry. The yeah, the black, the deluxe one does include Nintendo Land. My favorite thing about this is Call of Duty comes out on the 13th of November, same as everywhere else. But the Wii Pad, the Wii U doesn't come out till the 18th. So you can buy the Call of Duty on the Wii U <laughs> five days before it comes out. The system comes out. G- gaze upon it lovingly. Yes. Read the directions, which that won't take long. Shoot things. That's my favorite Don't thing. Die. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I also I also laughed at the announcement of the the TV spelled T V I I, which I was like, really, is yeah, that a thing now? But um, it like basically it was this whole thing about like using the tablet while you watch stuff, and on the tablet you can browse information about whatever you're watching and all that. And I just don't know. I, we saw this with the 360 too. I just don't know why people think that this is a thing that people want to do. Maybe people want to do it, but I think you. I think pe- they think people want to do it because that's what you do when you're watching stuff you don't like. like. Yeah, you quote unquote watching like reality TV for seven hours while also browsing on your iPhone at the same time. Right. Nobody tweets when they're deeply engrossed in an episode of Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones because they're watching it. Mm-hmm. They only tweet during like, oh my god, are you seeing what so-and-so just said on the Democratic National Convention? That's a good time to be looking at your phone at the same time. You know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't follow that you're going to want to do that when you're watching Modern Family or something. Because you're going to miss a joke. Yeah. Or Sofia Vergara's boobs. <laughs> okay, so let's, here's the question about the Wii U that I want to see what you guys think. 
is this are we just being sour on this thing because that's what we're doing um or is this thing actually well no there was a pause there's no two options like (laughs) that was good or i mean or is it actually are people actually going to feel the way that we're feeling about it and they're just gonna be like screw this thing or do you think it's going to sell either like the Wii or do you think it's going to sell like it was a 360 launching or a PS3 launching? Like, is it going to sh- put up like cons- console sale numbers or is it going to be like the 3DS? Where, where people 3DS. didn't see the need for what they were releasing. I, th- I think 3DS, and it's not because the hardcore gamers are skeptical, it's because Nintendo doesn't know what they're selling. I think I think they don't know. I think they have no idea what they're selling. It's that like That's the bigger problem. They don't know how to sell it. They don't know who it's for. They they're trying to go for the hardcore, yeah. but they're also trying to go after the social market a little bit too. Like they're also trying to go after the mobile market. Some it yeah, sounds which like that's a. <laughs> I read a good uh, summary of it on One Up, and they said basically they're not focusing enough on the hardcore. They're focusing more on the casuals, but that's too expensive a system for the casual people. You know, because I mean, the three hundred one is nothing. You know. Anybody's well, going to be like, oh, I get a game. Either. Like, it doesn't have that casual it injury, I don't think. Nintendo Land doesn't, it's not, the, it's not Wii Sports where it's something Yeah, it doesn't have like, a Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're just like, oh, I just use this as a tennis racket. Okay, go. And sorry yeah. to interrupt. The Wii oh, Sports no, 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 was, like, was like the Super Mario Brothers. You know what I mean? Like, just Super intuitive. Mario Brothers for the yeah. NES. Yeah, it was like an intuitive, like, this is what this system is. You know what I mean? Like, it, it and it it's that thing that sells it and that gives people like that, that launching point straight into it. And Wii Sports was totally it for the Wii. Um, there are probably but, yeah, still people that play for the Wii, Wii U. Like, oh, think, yeah. think about it. Like, I bet there are people that own a Wii and that's the only game they play. Yeah. yeah. With, with, I, know, I know several people like that. And, you know, yeah, they've got these hardcore games, but most of them are out on systems I already own. So why would I buy a new system to play something like Mass Effect 3 or Darksiders 2 or Arkham City with a, you know, cumbersome controls that they've added on because it just has to be a gimmick. And then the other games they have, I looked very thoroughly at the, the launch list and, I mean, there's some games I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing that, but I'm not spending more than 20... I wouldn't want... No, I don't want to buy a system for those games. You know, it has potential. Maybe one day it'll be good, but a year or two from now when the PS4 and the... Der- Durango uh, are out like you know it's it's going to be obsolete soon. I don't I don't I don't see how anybody could be excited for this. So what if what if um, PS4 and the new 360 drop and they're like 400 bucks? <laughs> I'm not going to buy those either. I'm not going to spend that much on a console. Well, no, I'm just saying compared to this thing that's going to be 300. Oh, compared compared to to this, well, I don't ever buy any console day one. I always usually wait for the first price drop, but. I'd be more apt to buy that over this because this isn't giving me anything that I don't already have. I could like the most exciting game to me is Super Mario Bros. Wii U, and I could just go back and play any of the other Mario's and have just as good a time with that. Probably even more so. I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed Bayonetta, but it's not a game that sells me on a system. Yeah, like <laughs> everyone on Twitter, all my Twitter feed, like one point. I looked on Wikipedia, so it may not be accurate. 1.35 million units of Bayonetta were sold worldwide, and apparently I follow all of them on Twitter because <laughs> they were all just like, that's a game changer. Oh, my God, I'm pre-ordering it right now. Really? Like, that's just yeah, bizarre. Yes, it was insane. And here's my theory. I, I shot this out to someone today. It might have been Eddie. Um, it might have been all of you. 
the game media people, they have to buy these systems for their jobs, and then they have to hype them up to shame the rest of us into buying it to make themselves feel better. I really think that's it, because I don't see anything to get excited about here, and there was like a lot of people that were just like, oh, well, you know, I got to buy it because that's what I have to do. And, and they're like, oh, thank God there's one game I want to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Let me ask you guys, do you think 300 350 is too high a price for this considering the Wii was 250 you know and I, I don't think like honestly if you're in the market for a new console I don't think 50 bucks is that big a deal but um, I think it it doesn't feel if they had more convincing new games they might be able to pull it off like it, I, I kind of understand the you know hitting the current gen games while also you know having a new system but uh, I mean, that's, that's the real problem there is that they don't have enough new to convince people that it's even a justified purchase. Like, I think they could get away with the price if they had, you know, a dozen games that were really, really new. Yeah, well, and, I, and that's the thing is, like, you can get a 360 console with Kinect for $300. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's like you with can get a huge library of games. Yeah, with a huge library of games that, works, that work. And everybody knows has one. Yeah, and, like, There's games that are built meant into to that. The, for the Kinect. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that, like really showcase the connect and what it is, and um, and with so the it's PS3, just you could get a Blu-ray player. The other ones have just as appealing things, uh, features as as the Wii U, and just a bigger library. I mean, we don't know where the Wii U library is going to go from this. They have a very impressive number of games on launch, but where's it going to go from here? The same place that the GameCube and the Wii did. I mean, we don't know. It's just oh, here's a question: How long before? It... I've heard a lot of people say that they're going to wait until the inevitable price drop because they're expecting the same thing that happened with the 3DS to happen. So when do you think there will be a price drop for the Wii U? That's probably sometime next year. Right before the next-gen systems from the other guys come out, the price drop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's really their only option to do that because if they do it before, then it just makes them look like they launched something that you know fell flat in its face. And then if they do it after that, then there's no way they're going to sell it anymore. So it kind of has to be around that time. Mm. I agree with that. That's probably about right. I mean, I'm I'm wondering what what games would convince me because the, the the thing is, like, I was sold on the Wii for a long time, and there were some system sellers for the Wii that, even though there were only like two or three of them, that you know the Zelda game sold me on it and Super Mario Galaxy sold me on it, but they were so few and far between. And I have to wonder what it would take to convince me to buy the Wii U, knowing what I know about the Wii. Like I, I feel like it's almost, mm -hmm. it's already like got negative points in my mind because of that. Yeah, it's not. It's not like I can go into this with a vacuum. Like I've been now accused of being a Nintendo hater, but it's like I've been burned by them quite mm. a bit, like badly. Yeah. I mean, I bought mine. I got a good deal from Eddie on the Wii, <laughs> like a really good deal. <laughs> and still, I'm less like, ah, oh, God. I'd rather play my all the Virtual Console games that I have downloaded before I touch anything on the Wii U. Well, it's, I actually like bought a Wii when you still had to like scour shops to find them. I, I remember uh, I got on... I waited in line for it. I didn't wait in line, so I didn't get it like launch date, but I, I went on tracker websites that would tell me when it was in stock at a Target or where, <laughs> wherever so that I could drive there and pick it up because that's how excited I was about it. I didn't, even, I didn't do that for the 360 or the PS3, you know, but I, I get a lot more entertainment out of both of those consoles. 
I sold my Wii for fifty bucks. So well, like I remember when they announced the Wii or like the Revolution or whatever it was, you know, at a uh, E3, and I only saw the picture of the remote control of the controller at first, and I thought, oh my god, Nintendo's killed themselves. Then I found out that it was a motion controller, and that's all I knew. It was just like that's a motion controller. I went, oh wow, I think they might have won the next console war. Now I look at the Wii U, and I'm just like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Like, it's like I was behind like, the Wii, and now I'm just like, whatever. It's a, I, uh, when you did your Final Fantasy VII post, Anthony, which we might go ahead and transition to this, because we've talked about this for a little bit now, mm-hmm. um, transition to it in a minute. When you did your Final Fantasy VII post, I left a comment about how we actually, me and my brother went to go buy a PlayStation, because the Nintendo 64, I felt like all their interesting games had stopped coming out a year later and we were bored of our Nintendo 64. So we put our money together and we went and bought a PlayStation, mm-hmm. even though it was like, you know, cause you remember how, like how video game nerds were back then. That was like, well, this console is 64 bit and this one's 32 bit. Like this one's yeah. more powerful than this one. And you know, the Nintendo, um, the Super Nintendo has 256 color, or th- excuse me. <laughs> yeah. The Genesis only has 256 colors, but the Super Nintendo has 32,000 colors. That's an actual stat. Yeah. Which side and was so, on? <laughs> and so we, we, we went and we bought a PlayStation because we were so bored with our Nintendo 64. And I don't think we barely played hardly any of their games after that point on the mm-hmm. 64. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, okay, that happened on that. It happened with the GameCube, too. I remember I bought the GameCube. And it was the same thing. Where after like a year or two, they just kind of stopped coming out with great games. And then it happened with the Wii. And I'm like, how many times is Nintendo going to do this before people stop do like falling for it? Like, I don't get it. Like, this happens to them every console gen for the last since the 64. I do. This. So the Super Nintendo was their last great console, and people keep mm-hmm. buying it. And I don't understand keep falling for it. I mean, I sent you that email from my friend who. Uh, he was—he's never even thought about the Wii U. He found out Bayonetta 2 is going to be on it, and then he sent me a series of emails where he was slowly talking himself into buying a Wii U. You know, he's like, "Well, my son loves Mario, and the price isn't that bad, and you know, I really do enjoy my Wii." So, and then like I was like, "Well, they got another one." So, I mean, that—that that has to make me wonder. Like, are the only people who, like, are the the remaining Nintendo fanboys those people who love the Super Nintendo that much? <laughs> and then, well, like, that's still my favorite system ever. Like, like, and they're coasting I'm done with on them. nostalgia. Because that's the only thing that explains it in my mind. I think so. Well, and kids. I mean, they get the kids. Well, yeah, like, and ki- that's the thing. Kids are happy with, like, if, if you get a kid, like, two games, he's mm-hmm. probably pretty happy with that, you know? Yeah. You know, like, you get the kids the system, and then they play it, you know. Although, I don't, look, I don't know how guys, how you guys were, but with me and my friends and, like, my family on this, just the regular Nintendo, um, the controllers were exactly identical. And we used to fight like cats and dogs over who was going to be player one. Now that one of these controllers has a screen, these kids are going to kill each other <laughs> over who gets to hold the one with the screen. Also, I have to feel sorry for the parents that have to spend $150 yes. or $175 to replace a broken controller because you know Which that's going to happen. Or if you have two happen. kids. Oh, God, if you just have yeah. two kids that want to play this thing, you know, they're yeah. not going to be able to, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to be able to share that no. one controller, you know? But no, Eddie, you're right about every Nintendo system, I think, since the 64. There's always been a period where I'll like, I'll go and I'll just look. I want to buy a game for the system, and I'll just look and I can't find anything. Like I'll do even do this with the Wii. I'm like, I want to get a Wii game. Let me see what we got. Uh, well, I guess I'll download something on the Virtual Console. Like there's just, you know, there's nothing. Here, hey, here's a quick. Um, Jeff, did you have a Nintendo 64? 
No, I never did. No? Oh, okay. Well, then maybe this will just be for Eddie. I had, a, and, uh, I had a Mitch. Nintendo 64 emulator. <laughs> okay, well, that counts. Other than Legend of Zelda, name me an RPG that was on the Nintendo 64. I remember playing one, but I can't remember the name of Paper it. Paper Mario. Oh, there you go. That and Quest 64 are Quest the 64 only... Quest 64 is the one that I can that, remember. That's it. There was nothing else. That's... There yeah, were that's three, why, that's three why I switched RPGs. to PlayStation. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's why I switched to PlayStation. I really I, Nintendo really should have... I feel like they should have just gotten out of the console business and just gone straight handheld. Because if they had done that, they could probably like own the mobile gaming space right now. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. They if could. they had devoted anything serious to that, but... Um, we should probably go ahead and move on. Um, we've been talking about that for almost 20 minutes. Um, something else we wanted to touch on real quick was each other. But. Yeah. <laughs> wow, but. okay. The, the butts of each yeah. other. Yes. Okay. Um, the first thing I say in 15 minutes is my butt. <laughs> but. Yeah, that, that works. Um, but yeah, I was real quick that Final Fantasy VII's 15th anniversary just hit um, this week. And I know, Jeff, I mean, Jeff, you played through most of the game and then stopped right at the <laughs> yeah. end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, told you I remember that, that story. Right? The damn yeah. neighbor kids. And then Mitch hates Japanese things. So no, I racist. just hate JRPGs because I'm yeah racist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, it's not actually because you don't like the game. It's because you don't like the people that made them. Yes, of course, absolutely. Yeah. Wait, is this being put out publicly? This no, is, it's I, possible. I love... This is being recorded. I love all I'm people. Seriously, just gonna buy you Chrono Trigger on like the DS or something, and you're gonna play it, and you're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'd play it, but no, I've <laughs> never played a JRPG or anything. But yeah, so pretty cool. Final Fantasy VII's 15th anniversary. It's kind of nuts that um, Final Fantasy as a whole had its 25th anniversary, um, yes. which is kind of cra- it's kind of crazy. Two two reasons why it's crazy. One is just that it's nuts. Metal Gear Solid had its 25th anniversary too, so it's like. It's wild to me that games are getting like games that I love are having anniversaries that big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? quarter of a century. Um, yes, they're, they're like college students younger than games. <laughs> yes, um, which is crazy to me. The other crazy thing is that Final Fantasy, that Square Enix was able to put off seven Final Fantasy games in ten years, and mm-hmm. have only put out like two or three since since Final Fantasy. Look, seven. we're having a good night. Why you got to ruin it? <laughs> in the in the last fifteen years, they've only put out how many have they put out? Uh, eight, nine. Well, do you yeah. count the online ones? Because I don't know if anybody should. Well, we, I'm not going to count that. Yeah. Let me see. Eight, nine, yeah. ten, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, two. Yeah. I don't ever count the spinoffs when I'm doing that. Although I should. Um. Yeah. So like five or six, in like the same in the same amount of time. I mean, there was five, like a, five or six in fifteen years, and they did seven in, in ten, ten years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, granted, a lot of those were on the NES and Super NES. And yeah, also, I mean, seven, eight, nine, and ten came out within three years of seven. So in yeah, the last seven came out, years, and then eight came out. I think 30, the very next year, right? Wasn't eight, eight came, just a year? Eight came out the next year. Yeah, that was incredible. Well, I mean, they kind of go in like like one through six are all you know pretty the same basic style. Like I guess one and two are, are the the NES and then, one two and three. Or is three? Okay, one, two, and then three, four, five, and, and six four. were SNES. They but, did three but there wasn't a console that big of a, until they got that big to... of a leap. There wasn't that big of a leap between the those. Like I don't remember them being that that crazy different. Like other than just a slight upgrade in the the graphical style, it's really just you know that yeah, probably. Well, I mean, games were they, they were easier to yeah, yeah make it back probably didn't require a lot of like redevelopment and. But still, the jump from seven to eight, seven they still like had these like deformed weird polygons. 
which have not uh, aged things. Well at all. And then when they got to eight, like everybody was like a normally proportioned human being. I mean, it was it was an amazing jump in just a year. I still uh, think I still think that Final Fantasy IX is one of the most gorgeous games that came out on the PlayStation. Oh, it's great. The, like it it was like like they had mastered how to blend because it nine had these blended FMV backgrounds um, with like the art, and so it just created this like gorgeous pictures and i, just I feel like nine such like, an underrated airships game flying over the city like and the the city just looking absolutely gorgeous like oh man that game is so great i want to play it right now oh no wait i played star ocean the second story so i have played a jrpg thank you mitch i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> he's been sitting there for the last 10 minutes just like i know there was one. Oh, what was it yeah i know i was trying to think of it <laughs> no but just to um go into uh about Final Fantasy 7 and everything real quick. Um, I was a loyal Nintendo person. Uh, I mean, I had a Genesis, but I was kind of like, eh, well, I barely I had three games for whatever. Um, and then I got a PlayStation. Sonic 1, 2, and 3. Sonic 2. Sonic 1, 2, and uh, Joe Montana Sports Talk Football. Nice. Um, and then I got a, a PlayStation just for Final Fantasy, and after that, I never really looked back. It was a... Uh, yeah, because it was originally on the Nintendo, wasn't it? Final Fantasy, along with Metal Gear, actually. Yeah, it yeah. Originally on Nintendo, was, those were all of my favorite franchise: Castlevania and now Metal Gear and Final Fantasy. They all really had an origins on the on the NES. And they and, all defected because Nintendo insisted on sticking with cartridges for much longer than they should have. Yeah, well, the yeah. reason they stuck with cartridges is because Miyamoto insisted on it for Mario sixty four because he didn't want to have load times. And they always make their systems, or they used to, and this is probably when their systems were better, uh, based on whatever Mario game or whatever game he's making. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, wasn't that ridiculous N64 controller designed exclusively around Super One Mario game. 64? Yep. Yeah, and you kind of had to shoehorn in, but Zelda managed to make it work. Yeah. With the Zelda made it target. work. I mean, they still did some 3D camera stuff that even today some games can't even do. Well, I mean, it is one reason why Mario 64 is one of the best Mario games of all time. I really yeah. feel like it was the last I mean Galaxy to a degree but it was the last like groundbreaking Mario game I think um because Sunshine didn't do anything really too special and and Galaxy is really fun and cool um and it does do some things that are really neat and unique but nothing has had that big jump since Mario 64 and maybe that's what people are wanting out of a Mario game now and Nintendo's just content to just crap out the same stuff with Mario every time. Nintendo sucks, basically, is what we've been trying That's to say. That's what we're saying, time. yeah. If you like Nintendo, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, Bow, come on, baby. guys. Oh, we just lost, like, two or three commenters right there, right? Good, I didn't want them anyways. That's right. <laughs> They're baby Nintendo. No, I'm playing. I want Nintendo to be good, it's just not anymore. So, so aren't they... Uh, this isn't really, like, Nintendo-related, but it's Final Fantasy-related. Uh, aren't they coming out with a like a new Final Fantasy for uh, iOS? Thir- oh um, yes, I <laughs> I've <laughs> got it on my phone right now. Oh, okay, uh, I, yeah. I didn't realize it's it was called, out. Yeah, it's uh, called Final Fantasy Dimensions, and it's an old it's a 2D uh, thing. Controls pretty well. I haven't played it too much because Hero Academy. I've heard some good things about it. The only problem is, I think you get the prologue and maybe the first chapter, and then you have to pay for the rest of it. And to play all the chapters would cost you about thirty two dollars. Um. Yeah, Square Enix doesn't really... I would say they don't understand it, but they keep doing these really high prices, so clearly people are just paying. Um, and so they don't need to lower their prices, I guess. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think all games on the App Store actually should be 
99 cents. Like it, it's, that's a problem of perception that a lot of people have that a game is too expensive if you have to spend more than 99 cents on it. That, that basically just means that you won't get games that actually right. have some depth. Yeah, and if this actually has, if like each, I haven't played enough to get to the part where I stop and have to pay for more, but I mean if each um, section is worth like whatever I'm paying, like $1.99, if the amount of content is good and worth it, then I have no problem with paying, you know, over a six-month period, $32 for a game I like, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, it would be something I would just play, you know, whenever I have a chance every now and then. So I, I have no issue with the game being, you know, expensive. I bought... The Final Fantasy Tactics game, it was 16 bucks. I bought it on the iPhone. So, Yeah, see, I just actually haven't been playing uh, games on my iPad as much just recently. Um, for whatever reason, I, I it seems to, to be cyclical for me. It'll, it'll be like all I want to play for a while is mm. whatever game I've gotten on there. And, I'll, you know, I'll just play uh, Puzzle Juice or whatever for hours and hours and hours. And then I'll go six months and I won't touch it. I, yeah, you know, I don't know what the deal is. I haven't, I haven't picked up Hero Academy yet at all, and I know you guys probably want to talk about that. But uh... yeah, we do. <laughs> you only want to talk about that because you finally beat me. <laughs> I've actually beaten you twice over the last couple of weeks, which is I know you you've beaten me twice now, and that's fine. But today you beat me with the Team Fortress Two squad, which doesn't even count. I just see it like they'll send these these email threads that go on for like twenty twenty five emails. About like arcane hero academy shit, and I'm just like, what the fuck, guys? And when you know what <laughs> these things mean, you're gonna go back and read those emails and be like, I was so dumb. I should have been playing this months ago. No, no, I'm I'm Mass Effect twoing hero academy. I'm not gonna. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You got to get in on it. You've told me to play it too much. I refuse. That's kind of how I was with Gun Style. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. And then once I did it. No, actually, it. honestly, the really the only reason that I haven't picked it up is because I haven't been playing any games on my iPad or iPhone at all. Like, I think if I was into that right now, I probably would have picked it up. I mean, it's a free game. I mean, it's a free game. It's time time for the cycle to begin anew, Jeff. But so the what? Like, tell me the what harvest the, must continue. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me what the mechanic is. It, like, I get the impression that it's kind of like turn based battles where it's you like wizard chess from Harry Potter. Okay. is pretty much the best way to describe it. Like you and another player face off on like what is pretty much a chessboard. And there's a couple crystals, like two or three, depending on the map. And your goal is to wipe out either the enemy team or destroy their crystals. And there's a variety of theme teams, each with their own sort of unique abilities. Reason. Yeah, like the council can heal from anywhere with their potions and... The tribe can detonate dead enemies, and the dwarves suck and can't do anything. God, don't and, and yeah, don't pay money for the dwarves. Do not and, do that. Yeah, the and Team Fortress Two um, is the Dark super Elves. Cheap. When they do damage, they heal themselves, so they can sort of keep you know keep alive longer than the other squads. And they can turn dead dead enemy players into minions Ooh, and something. Yeah, yeah, and the Team Fortress Two team has this really annoying thing where if you stomp a guy, you get an extra action point. So sometimes, if you're really good about it, you can like kill two or three guys in one round just because you keep getting an action point every time oh, you go so back. Oh, and so action, like you spend action points to do, to do yeah, it, to, you have to do you any have five action points a turn, mm -hmm. and moving, attacking, and placing new guys and using items on your little dudes takes up one action point. And what's really cool, and this is such a, I mean, I, I'm going to say it's a unique feature of the game, is you know, you do your turn, and then you submit it when you're ready. 
but you can always just hit reset. And so you can try new different things and experiment until you find the best turn for you right then. And then you submit it. Um, so that's really cool and fun because you could just try all kinds of crazy things and see what finally works. And you may stumble upon something that totally changes the game or screws you up entirely. Yeah, and it's it's asynchronous too. So you can just have a bunch of games going and just submit your turns whenever you have like a spare minute. You don't have to just sit there and play back and forth across the internet. You can submit your turns whenever you want. And what I really like, and Jeff, this is what's really cool about the game is the, you know, you've got these squads and everything and these items, and you can only you have like your deck, and it's shuffled randomly, so it's never the same game twice because you never know what you're going. You may get all of your healers up first, or you may get, you know, a healer and three knights up. For, it's, so it's never the same twice, and it makes every game completely different, so it always keeps you playing, because, you know, there's not, it's not like StarCraft, where you always, and I'm not dissing StarCraft here, I'm just saying, where you like, I'm, I'm going to start with this, and then this, and then this, and then this. So you never know what you're going to be able to start with in the game, and that makes it fun. Interesting. Like it. Eddie, what do you have to say about Hero Academy? I know you play it a lot, too. I have it open right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do too. No, I, I. It's funny. It's I play. I play the game a whole lot at work, like in between, like random jobs and stuff I'm doing. Um, but no, it's it's really fun. It's like the only way I can describe it is wizard chess, which that turned Jeff off to it because he was like, I don't like chess. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually uh, said oh, yeah, I, I, I am the I described worst at chess. that. Yeah, well, I described you ruined it to it. Jeff as wizard chess as well. I didn't know that Jeff hates chess. I hate chess too because I always lose at it, which well, is funny because yeah, I but... also always lose at Hero Academy. <laughs> I think I've I've gotten four victory to victories out of like the fifty games I've played. Oh god! So if it, anyone it, wants some easy wins, to me the neat thing about Hero Academy is that it's free to play done right. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's like it's not, and I feel the same way about Tribes Ascend, which I played a little bit of over the summer. Um, that it's not like a, a free to play game that's like like where you're stunted if you don't spend money. Because to me, that's that's like a free-to-play model that's like doomed to fail. Like if you release like a half-assed game, you know, and then, oh, if you pay a little bit of money, now it's fun. But this game is actually fun even if you don't spend any money. And it's so fun that it makes you want to spend money on it. You know, like I've bought one race, and but I'm having so much fun playing it, I'm thinking about buying another one uh, just because. And the, um, Yeah, in the first race, you start off with um, they're not the, the strongest, but they're not the weakest either. You can win with them. And it yeah. against anybody. Uh, you know, it's just you have to kind of be good. Uh, but the other races do that you pay for. They, they'll feel stronger the first time you play them. You're like, oh, that's bullshit that they get to do all that. And then eventually you learn their weaknesses, and then they're not so tough anymore, except for Team Fortress 2, which is for... I don't want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> pay to win, mofo. You come to my neighborhood, you go get shanked. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that team is pretty... Uh, pretty it's jackass. totally unbalanced. I love breaking the cast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, so, you know, break it all you want, man. Well, here, I'm downloading it on my iPad right now. Yeah, it's Yay. free. Might as well try it. Yeah. One of us, one of us. That's right. Yeah. No, it's kind of sad. Like, I'm looking at the games I have on here that I haven't opened. And I, like, <laughs> I, bought, I bought the, the Batman uh, game, which is ridiculously tough. Like, it, it's, uh, uh, it's nothing but fighting. And it's impossible to get the the hits exactly right. Like I played it a bit. I mean, it looks gorgeous. It's the same kind of um, Unreal Engine as Infinity Blade. So so it. I mean, the Batman game looks as good as on a console. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> 
So it's it's like the the fights from Arkham City with like even like terrible controls. So because I mean that was the thing about Arkham City was that I remember the the first couple hours I played the game I could never figure out how to fight. Like I didn't I don't. I, it took me a while, and I actually had to like practice fighting in, in that game before I got it down. But <laughs> this this was just not even... But yeah, I don't know. I, I actually tend to, like as far as mobile games go, I tend to like word games or, or Tetris knockoffs. Like That seems to be my thing. Yeah, I don't like the the more like the, the Batman or the, the Mass Effect shooter and stuff like that. I don't need... That's stuff I really don't want to mess with. Like, it's just... I My iPhone games have a... There's a niche for them, and I just sort of stick with that. I mean, I'll try something new. Like, if, oh, this is a free download, try it. I'm like, okay, fine. But I, I really just, there's a certain type of game I like on my iPhone, and I don't like to, I don't like to deviate with from that because I don't like change. You're afraid of change is what you're saying. It's Speaking terrified. of change, Counter-Strike Go is pretty similar to old Counter-Strike, so it has not changed that much. <laughs> but it's different for me, who is now... A newly anointed PC gamer. <laughs> so, yeah, but so, for Eddie and I, it feels like a wonderful mix of Source and 1.6. It's magical. Nice transition, Mitch. <laughs> if I knew what that meant, I would give Shut a crap. Shut the hell up, Eddie. <laughs> so, so I know I told you guys, like, and this Carry is pathetic. The load. This, this is pathetic. Like, I, the I have, I never played Counter Strike ever in my life. I Despite know that, the fact that you wrote for a show, that... I know that all the Elite World fans are horrified. Um, so when the PS Plus downloaded a trial of CS:GO. I tried playing it just to see like how terrible I was at it. I played with bots just because I wouldn't I wasn't willing to like share my shame with 12-year-olds and the bots ruined me. That's how bad I was. Like I I couldn't survive a match against bots. It's pretty bad, Jeff. I know it's bad. That's why I, that's why I'm better I, than that. You say you're better than that, Anthony? Yeah. Okay. But I play on the PC with the mouse and a keyboard like a man. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm still kind of hesitant to like. I mean, I know it's only fifteen bucks, but to to play PC games, I have to go into boot camp on my Mac Mini, and I only have so much hard drive space. And I'm not mouse like with one button. I I have a two button mouse that's a USB. I know, Jeff. I'm just trying specially to specially ordered. Bring it back. Bring back the classics. No. <laughs> I love that sigh that you gave there. It's just like, fuck. <laughs> this asshole again with this. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I don't, I also just don't like sitting upstairs it, like at that desk playing games. I like being downstairs on my couch in front of my HDTV. Like, that's, you know, that to me is where I play games. I don't that's really. That's something I can, I can get behind. That's one of the things I always said when, about PC gaming is I sit at a desk on a computer all day and I don't want to spend hours and hours playing games in the same position. Exactly. So that's why I only play like a half hour or an hour at a time. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I won't rule it out ever, but I'm sure like, if I do buy it, I'll have to play with the guys. And I'll be terrible. It's one, it's one of those things that you get used to, though. Like, I, I felt that same way, too. But then when I started getting my – when I got my PC stuff going back again, um, you just kind of get used to it. It's just a matter of like where you get used to playing games. you know. Um, but no, I, I love CSGO. I've been playing it. Uh, quite a bit. I actually haven't been playing many video games last week, but um, I've been playing quite a bit of CS:GO, and it's a lot of fun. I, I feel like, like I feel like people are talking in the chat. And <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, I. <laughs> no, I feel it's neat because I feel like I'm 
I, I can't remember what game I was better at. I think I was better at 1.6 than at Source, and I feel like I'm a little bit better at this than I was at Source. Because um, like Mitch said, it's a really good mix between the two. I think it loses some of that kind of arcadey loose feel that Source had and kind of gets back a little bit more of the skill base that 1.6 had without being completely... Hardcore? Yeah, without being like without being completely oppressive to everybody else that wants to have fun it, it feels like a nice as someone who just jumped in and i'm st- i'm super awkward on the keyboard like you know in terms of like oh my god I, I lost the button to move backwards what do i do you know i like my hand will go off the s and then i'm screwed as someone who is in that vein right now uh it's i i'm not bad at the game and it's i mean i'm not great but i'm enjoying it i'm having fun when i die i know it's because of something I did and not because like, oh, this game's cheap or it's too hard or something like that. It's because the other guy was better than me. Um, so just as a newcomer, I think I would highly recommend it to anybody. I really like it a lot. It's 15 bucks. Yeah. Why not? I will, ad- I will admit that I could consider that. That's the thing. I feel like if, if I was going to jump wholehearted into PC gaming, I would want to do kind of what you did, Anthony, and, and get a dedicated computer for it. Cause that's the thing. What are you talking about? Anthony's PC sucks. He could have done way better. <laughs> Honestly, you know, he should just throw it out and go back to being it's a console total garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the worst. I'm just gonna. Ever. I'm just gonna buy a Wii U instead. <laughs> uh, but seriously, like, how much, uh, Anthony? If you don't mind me asking, how much did you spend on on your? Uh, Six hundred dollars with shipping. Okay, so I think it was five thirty-seven for all the parts, and I have to. I promised Nick I'd buy him Heart of the Swarm as payment. Uh, okay. Yeah. I knew that would win his heart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, I, I would consider spending that much. That still feels like slightly more than I want to spend on something for gaming. But considering how I'm feeling about the next generation right now, I wouldn't rule it out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I could totally see myself being willing to just say, all right, I'm foregoing the next generation. I'm just going to get a, a PC and hook it up to my TV. And I, I mean, like s- stuff like... Uh, the the new Steam uh, big TV mode or whatever it's called big picture mode big yeah. picture mode yeah I mean that that makes it easier obviously like not all the games that are out there would support that but I've actually like you know carted the Mac Mini downstairs and played some uh, Witcher two on my TV worked pretty well actually um, but yeah I mean it's, that's the thing like I kind of feel like if I'm going to do that I need a dedicated system that I don't have to boot back and forth with and I don't have to worry about hard drive space and I don't have to worry about if it has the specs to play the games because like that's why I'm not buying Borderlands 2 on on PC I'm not comfortable like buying it for the Mac Mini that might or might not be able to play it you know like it pulls off Witcher 2 I have to turn off some of the higher settings and I'm sure it doesn't look like you know a purist would want it to look but it's playable I'm just not like at what point do new games stop? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it's got the graphics card is like the, the fucking mobile graphics card. It's a, it's pretty good for what it is, but it's not at all the best graphics card you can get. So yeah, that, I mean, that, there's a, a point where it's like, well, this is the end of the line for me and you know, I have to, to upgrade, you mm-hmm. know, so that hopefully that won't be a while for me. Nick told me he left me on a good upgrade path. So yeah, I mean, I'll take his word for it. That's the thing. Like, I, I'm not really interested in getting a, a PC and having to, like, swap out the guts every year. Like, that's not even something that I want to worry about. That, the reason I like consoles in general is because you buy it, it works. You know? You buy, you buy a console, you get a game, it plays. 
I mean, I know that they, like, obviously the 360 had all kinds of systems problems, but you never had to worry about whether or not the 360 game you were buying would work on your system, you know? like you Exactly. That's that's one of the benefits of being a console gamer. Yeah. Well, other games have been playing, um, at least for me on the PC, has been Walking Dead, which I'm curious how that plays different between PC and uh, between console, but... If you guys will have noticed, we recently updated our power rankings for the year, and we threw Walking Dead all the way up in the top spot. If I had um, a spot higher than that, I would put it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that after episode two, but ep- after episode three, because um, it just came out like a, a couple weeks ago, and I finished it last weekend, um, kind of in two sessions, um, nearly finished all of it in one session, um, in two sessions or whatever, it it, it easily became the number one spot for me because I was, I was third, ready after episode two the see, third I, episode see i don't know about episode two. The, it was great but it was predictable but it was still crazy intense but then episode three i think was the best episode yet and it just cemented that like okay this totally deserves to be up here see now i really i really want to make time to catch up like i've I played episode one and i liked it like the the art style is gorgeous the controls on the ps3 are actually pretty good they are there i have no issue with it the voice acting is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Lee is so good. Oh so, my so god. The, the, fu- the funny thing about uh, Walking Dead is that I've read the first two volumes of the comic book and I thought it was okay. I've only yep. watched... Okay is how I would describe it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it was interesting. I've watched one episode of the TV show and haven't gotten around to watching the rest of it. <laughs> but I, I think the game might actually be my favorite of the three. Yeah, the uh, episode three of the game actually made me cry, which I sent an email to you guys about <laughs> when it happened. Um, it was probably just a situational thing, like perfect, perfect storm, <laughs> right? Uh, when it happened, but a game is you know games have made me emotional before, but I, like a game's never actually like made me shed tears, <laughs> which episode three did uh, of the game, and because the game is built around these kind of tough choices, and really capitalizes on what the graphic novel. I guess what the graphic novels are famous for, just putting these people in these like harrowing situations and seeing what they turn into and what they do as a result. And the game uh, does all that. Um, and some of the situations you face are crazy. But the game actually made like had episode three has a couple of like jaw dropping moments, like literal jaw drop. I was like, what like, just happened? Like, I'm going to stop playing the game for the rest of the night, even though I intended to beat this episode tonight because I can't deal with this right now and like i need to take a step away because you're so like it was unnerved so i was wow. so unnerved by what happened that i was yeah. like i gotta i just need to, i need to step away Impressive. yeah like i gasped i was like what no <laughs> because like I I, it was like a situation was brewing and like a situation is brewing and i thought I, I thought you think you're gonna have a chance to like make some kind of decision and then just stuff just goes terrible and you're Decisions like wait, wait. Made for you before. <laughs> and this sh- this game does like people arguing and yelling and you have like an, a dialogue option to choose you from a timer. and there's a timer and the tension that results from all those factors going in is so incredibly high. Like I, I can't even take it sometimes. I'm just like, Oh God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I, and then you do it and you're just like, Oh no, that's, is that what I want to? And then, you know, and sometimes like, you know, some of the people complain that you're at the end. You may find out that your choices don't really matter but it doesn't that it that doesn't matter because in the moment when you're making the choice it is the game is like a, a 
affecting you in such a way like no other game has ever done before. Mm. It's incredible. Well, and I also love, uh, I actually kind of love the mechanic where it tells you what decisions were important. Yes. Why because isn't that a meme yet? The way it says, like, we're trying to start it. Clementine will remember that, or yeah. Clementine like, will definitely remember that. Like, yeah. mine, mine so is, and so knows you lied. Yeah. You know, mine is Clementine in episode two, Clementine saw me kill somebody. And uh, it was like, Clementine saw what you did. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And I, the, the thing is, you can apparently turn that off. And I'm like, I, I don't know why, why you would, would you want to. to. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just I, like, it's kind of terrifying when it comes yeah. up. <laughs> it is. Because it, it, sometimes it'll be the most innocuous stuff. You'll just say something like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, doing wait, dialogue thing. <laughs> There's no timer. And then they'll be like, so and so will remember that. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, so, did you have some thoughts on, on Walking Dead? I like it a lot. Since we've got to stop the cast to see what Mitch wants to say. <laughs> no, I mean, like, why would I interrupt? Mitch on the sidelines. I'm here at the base of Mount Fuji where the walking you, dead has been walking down the mountain for the last six Mitch, hours. You, Mitch, you haven't learned. You have to interrupt. Just say yeah, something. I know. How many episodes will it take for you to interrupt, Mitch? 54. 65. Always one more. <laughs> No, man, I really like The Walking Dead. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything everyone has said. I didn't, I didn't shed tears or nothing at episode three, but I mean, there was one moment where I definitely was kind of like, what the fuck just happened? So I, I kind of, I really want to see how the series is going to wrap up because they've been doing a fantastic job with it so far. And Gary Whitta is actually writing the yes. next episode. So, so, so it, I also get the impression that of all the recent Telltale games, this is the best reviewed one. Like, yeah, I think that yeah. I haven't played their other stuff like what they did. I like, mean, I heard people were kind of disappointed with Back to the Future and really disappointed with Jurassic Park. Yeah, I hear Jurassic Park was like really, really bad. But this is like if they make games in this vein from now on, I will buy every single one of them. Speaking of games in this vein, just one of the things I was thinking about the other day, I was like, why? I just want more games like this. Like it's a cheap game. It isn't trying to do anything control wise like it's just telling it like this really is like an interactive story it's like an interactive episode of tv because the voice acting is good the writing is actually really good um particularly in episode three but i just feel like i'm playing like an interactive book and it's a cheap experience the art is really neat there's not a lot of actual gameplay but i'm like why can't i just have more games like this and the other thing i want to say the zombies are so secondary to any of the enjoyment in that game. Like, it's not like a game like, yeah, zombies, whatever. Like, it's just the situations and the choices that you have to make that result from sometimes the zombies and mostly usually the humans. Yeah, uh, the zombie action sequences, I feel, are kind of the weakest part of the game. Yeah. They, they could remove them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, they just take them right scenes. out. You could make yeah. a, so I actually a great feel game like... like this. Like, like, what's that new movie coming out? The Master? You could make a game like The Master. Like a big dramatic movie, and you could do it a, a game like that, like this, with these choices, no zombies, and I guarantee you, you you could probably make a really. You want to make games that are more like movies in in that vein, where it's like it's not where you have to kill things or what. Make a game like this. This is the way to do it. You can't see me, but I am smiling so big right now at the thought of Paul Thomas Anderson the game. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson the game. Seriously, <laughs> like the, I was so Eddie, you said there isn't much gameplay, and and on one hand, I agree with you from what I've seen of, of episode one. Like the puzzles aren't really complicated. There's really not that much for you to find. Like you know, in old adventure games, you had to wander around and you had to find the the rubber chicken and the toothbrush 
and for some reason stick them together, and that's how you defeat you never find well, the rubber well, chicken. Well, before you go too far, episode one has the most gameplay of any of the episodes. Interesting. Three has the least. But so, so, so I'm just coming from a standpoint of three, which had next to none. So what's your definition of gameplay? Are you talking about like solving puzzles and finding things? I'm just like control, like playing a game, like controlling the game. Hmm. Like you, you really don't even walk around that much in three even and interact with anything. It's just a lot of story stuff. Interesting. So I was going to say that I kind of feel like the gameplay is the conversation. Like, that's, that's how I feel. You yeah. know, like it, why are we discounting the conversation? Because it seems like the really tense moments, like you kind of have to reset your adventure game perspective, I feel like. Because I, I was kind of going into it like kind of expecting to have more puzzles and weird stuff to solve. But that's not really the point. You know, it would be so bad if it did have that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad it does, doesn't, but like, it's an it's sort of a different kind of, of adventure game, and I actually think that that style of of, a, of game is there are Japanese games where it's like the the visual novel. My brother plays them, where, and I want to say it's more like that, where it's literally just an interactive story that doesn't have other gameplay. Speaking of that, I want to play To the Moon. I've never heard of it. It's uh, it just yeah, hit Steam. Release. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's. I hear things. They sound good. But so, <laughs> thanks, I mean, that, An- I, thanks I, Anthony. I'm really glad that you. Wow. Felt thanks, that, uh, thanks, Mitch, for that <laughs> rounding so, but, but, so, so, so before we jump off Walking Dead, like that's the thing. I, I, I feel like the gameplay is the conversation, and and if you go into it expecting that, then you're gonna love it from the start. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with you. So, to the moon. Tell me what this to the moon is. I've never heard of it. it it's it, like. It, it's a sprite-based adventure kind of game where you play a scientist who uh, works to give people their last, replace their memories with their like uh, their lifelong dream. So you have to find out a guy's lifelong dream and replace his memories with him. No, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of like a, it looks kind of has the graphics of like a old school like top down RPG. Um, they say I keep reading RPG, but I don't see anything from like the trailer that looks besides the graphics that looks like. Um, the gameplay would be RPG. I've heard the story's pretty cool. Like I've heard it's kind of an emotional little game. I've heard you can beat it in five to seven hours. It looks interesting. I, I've everyone everything I've read about it is very positive. So I'd like to try it out. But since no one really has anything to say about it, we're gonna plug that. I want Mitch to talk about Mark of the Ninja. Hell yeah, I'm gonna talk about Mark of the Ninja. Mark uh, Mar- Ninja. <laughs> Mark Ninjaman. So Mark of the Ninja <laughs> is a is a 2D side scrolling stealth game that was made by clay entertainment i think that's how you pronounce your name if you don't know who they are they made like the shank shank and shank 2 a while back shank Mm -hmm. and shank 2 were kind of mediocre but mark of the ninja is some hot shit guys yeah (laughs) i actually literally just beat shank 2 because it was free on psn plus so what what'd you think it was like it was kind of mediocre or it was okay yeah it was okay it was kind of frustrating i Um, played the demo for shank and i that was enough for me yeah so i was yeah i was kind of surprised that they came out with what sounds like a really cool game after, yeah, after you're yeah. Mark, Mark of the Ninja is like kind of the evolution of the Shank games because it's still in the same kind of style that like exaggerated cartoony bit, but it's got this really 
really tight stealth mechanic that it executes really well. So basically what it is is you're a ninja who possesses this mystical tattoo and you have basically had to go through the level killing or avoiding a bunch of guards and completing objectives. And it's a side-scrolling platformer, so there's no 3D stuff. But when you're in the shadow and invisible, your guy becomes like a little black and white outline. And if you're in the light, he becomes full color. And the way the stealth works is that every noise you make generates a, like a circle so running generates a huge circle and it'll draw attention and things like uh, using your grappling hook to leap between points makes a tiny circle and basically well, just and the circles like are that. like if the circle touches a guard that means they can hear it yeah right, right basically yeah and the guards and you can also see the guards cone of vision and the guards flashlights and stuff so the game has a really clear visual style that really communicates like exactly what's going on there's no like sort of ambiguity like am i hidden can this guard see me or not like the game clearly tells you that you are hidden and this guard can't see you so now's the time for you to do a stealth takedown on him and the game just has so many options for you to be a badass ninja like one of the abilities you have is to like pause time and when you pause time you can throw distraction items so at one point i fell into a room the floor was covered in lasers i paused time threw out uh darts at the power boxes uh, powering the lasers, landed on the floor and completed my objective. Oh, snap. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah so that's pretty great. <laughs> I, I've only been like, able to watch the gameplay video and it looks it just looks amazing. And it, I, yeah, it I recommend like just buying it. To, Don't even try the demo, just buy it. <laughs> with these visual cues in the 2D, it sounds like they're able to give you almost more information than a lot of the 3D stealth games can. Oh, yeah. Because there's times you're like, is that guard going to see me? Am I too far away? And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, you know, <laughs> what's this asshole doing <laughs> there's a guard chasing you yeah that's so, yeah, that's, that's, that's why if you get seen by a guard you know exactly what you did to get seen by that guard yeah. are you seeing this shit yeah basically yeah. my my it, my common experience with stealth games is that they see me i shoot them and then i have to shoot the seven guys that come after them and then i, I lose so that's been well, my that life. was one of the things i liked about um splinter cell chaos theory is that i always i always felt that it had like a really good way of communicating like not necessarily the guards kind of vision but like for audio cues it had like an ambient noise meter and and it would have a bar set for like how how high the ambient noise was in the room and then what your noise was and i felt like that was such like a nice little thing that went out of all the splinter cell games after that but yeah i thought it's very important so yeah to to communicate that stuff it actually does kind of feel like a 2d chaos theory in a lot of ways just because of the greater emphasis it places on stealth over anything else i i want to play this game you should. I do too. I, I'm kind of hesitant to spend like 1,200 points on it, but you know. Yeah, it's actually 1,500 points up here. What's uh, that translate to in American dollars? Canadian points. Uh, 16 moose tentacles. <laughs> testicles. Damn it. Just used those to buy something the other day. I know, right? They should really. We should really change our official currency from moose testicles. You know what? The, I, I saw a... Um, there was like a promotion for a PlayStation. Uh, Twelve hundred points, Jeff. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's a promotion for a PlayStation Visa card, and it said if you use this with your first purchase, we'll give you fifty dollar credit on the PlayStation Network. So I signed up for it. They gave me a really high credit um, limit on it. I bought something on it, and then they gave me fifty dollars, and I used that to buy PSN Plus for a year. Yeah, not bad. And you yeah, haven't used it since. <laughs> and I, and Game in the system. Exactly. And I've have used we mentioned since. that Nick is in the podcast? We have not. 
Nick, Nick, no. Nick is secret. Please join our reindeer game. I don't know why Nick hasn't felt the need he's, to say he's anything. He's being a ninja is what he's doing. Well, no, I haven't, I haven't said bitch. anything. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, what's up? A beard I haven't said anything because I haven't had anything to say. I mean, you know. Walking what a down, novel concept. <laughs> there you go. I'm just pulling like I'm I'm out Mitching Mitch in this one. Uh, well, no, you're Mitch you're you're like Nega Mitch because <laughs> Mitch, Mitch has things to say and he stays quiet on them. Oh right 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, now Mark of uh, Mark of the Ninja looks super awesome. I'm watching the gameplay video here, and I love the little like bubble mechanic of like that's the noise that you make is within that bubble. It just seems like really clever. It's like super simple. It's like, of course, that makes sense. But yeah, it's no, I like mean, I, I didn't even like just watching the video. I was like, oh, that's totally it's like sense. really. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, uh, that's great. And like what Mitch said about how, like, if you get seen, you know why you got why you were seen. Like, that's awesome. Like simple, well done, solid mechanics. You know, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, like Shadow Complex, like that kind of like I love me a 2D game. Yeah, there's something about a 2D game that you can't, like, you can make them almost perfect in a way. Because yeah, there's less elements you have to deal with. And so, like, when they are, like, perfect, it feels so good. It's just, ah, ah, I want to go play Super Metroid right now. But, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, it's great. I want to play Mark of the Ninja. I might wait till it goes on Steam. I'm not sure. We'll see. But, yeah. They have said it's coming to Steam. Yeah, you're oh, right, okay. though. Like. Just sometimes 2D gameplay is so perfect. I unlocked a, there's different suits you can earn in Mark of the Ninja by completing different objectives. I unlock the Path of the Hunter suit. And basically what that gets you is you can instantly execute stealth kills because the stealth kills in Mark of the Ninja are quick time events. And if you fail, it's loud and guards can maybe hear it. But if you wear that suit, you can execute them perfectly every time. So it just turn, you just turn into like a walking cyclone of death with that outfit. It's so awesome. Doesn't so, it allow you to... Um restart from a checkpoint to try to get things like perfect like to, you know get all the objectives yeah, it's, and medals it's super and everything forgiving that way if you get caught you can just basically go back to the last checkpoint and just try it to your heart's content yeah, nice yeah so it's, it's super forgiving but it's also it's also tight enough to enable you to pull off some really really cool shit i mean nice. i'm definitely willing to check it out like i'm, I'm not ruling it out it's just I guess I've been I've got grown kind of used to to just like mm -hmm. turning on the the PlayStation Store and downloading whatever PSN Plus game is. That's literally all I've been playing is stuff that I've got from PSN Plus. Um, so I, I just I played Shank Two and I played uh, Outland and I played Hydrophobia. Uh, Jeff, have you seen what the two new games are this month or this week? Uh, so the two new games this month. Are, uh, or Double Dragon Neon. Double Dragon Neon and the Scott and Pilgrim game. Scott Pilgrim. You want to play some Scott Pilgrim with me? I'll play you some Scott Pilgrim. I could be up for that. We still need to do Ratchet and Clank. I keep saying that. Is, are you talking about the Scott Pilgrim arcade game? Yep. Yes. It's really, really good, guys. I played yeah, the demo a while back. Yeah. So did I. And I it's really was good. Like, now that it's free on the, the PSN Plus, I'm like, well, free, with quotation marks. I'm like, oh, I will play that. It's, it's super good. This Dust game, and this is the Metroidvania game, right? So, yes. So, Dust uh, and Elysian yeah, we're, Tale. We're watching a, a video of, of Dust gameplay. Uh, was it Dust and Elysian Trail? Or Tail? Elysian Tail, yeah. <laughs> or Trail, sure, why not? Trail, why not, yeah. Um, I, this I is all never drawn heard of by this. one this guy. Looks, this looks gorgeous. But, uh, yeah. When is this yeah, coming it's, out? Uh, it's out. Okay. It's yeah, out. It's, it's gotten pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it, uh, it was the last entry in the the summer otherwise middling summer of arcade. Okay. Yeah, it looks really incredible. It's one something that I'm definitely going to go back and, and purchase. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah, the animation just looks smooth as butter. Yeah. See, honestly, I barely turn on my 360 anymore, and, and I don't know when that happened, but just for whatever reason, I haven't been playing games on that. Although, I have been playing Borderlands. <laughs> I was like, I guess I should finish the DLC that I paid for two years ago. I will turn it on when it is time for Halo 4. Mm. No, but it, no, which... this, so Dust and Elysian Tale, uh, Mark of the Ninja. Like I, I love these gorgeous 2D side scroller games. Like that, that is you know. Just seeing that, that's the kind of game. Just seeing a screenshot makes me go, I want to play. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm actually. It's actually kind of funny to think about. Like, in a way, a lot of 2D games are more likely to impress me with their wow factor these days. Like, it's almost like 3D games are kind of passe in a way <laughs> like weirdly you've seen know. it all you know yeah, yeah. But, but it's funny because it seems like 2d games should be passe but they're not i don't know it, it's something but about the, like it's there, almost where a, the creativity there's an art is form there's yeah. an art form to 2d games like 2d games could be beautiful in a different way than 3d games can be mm-hmm. um that you like limbo like right. limbo is a beautiful game Fez. Fez, absolutely. Wow, like yeah. There's this like cla- like art style. It's like Bastion. Bastion right, is, is isn't two D. It's it's like three quarter or whatever it is. It's it's uh, isometric. Isometric. That's the word. Earth, they had Earth. they had games that looked like that on the SNES. Yeah. No, I, I remember. And it, three they, and yeah, like Chrono Trigger is a gorgeous fucking uh, game. Like you know what I mean. Chrono like, Trigger and like Final Fantasy VI are two of the the best looking two D games I have ever saw. Like art was a big deal. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, enough of that. The, we we love these games. We'll put them all in the show notes, the videos for these, and you should just go spend all your money that you, at your you worked at your summer job all summer, and now you can use that. <laughs> and to, now uh, in one podcast, we're gonna blow it all. Spend all your yep. monies. Yeah. Yep. It is time. What is the time? Game time. All right. So for game time this week, we're gonna be playing a little over under, which I think is probably one of our favorite games to play. I know it's definitely my favorite, but. Uh, we're heading into the big fall season here, so what I did today was I collected a bunch of the big releases, and I sort of took their old, took the scores from the old games in that series and by the publisher, and just sort of made up something. But you all know that how this is played, so we're going to start off with Borderlands 2, uh, which is coming out next Tuesday, September 18th. Um, Gearbox made that one, and I kind of looked at their history, and it's it's mediocre. Well, it's okay. Uh, and but they also did Duke Nukem Forever, which got a fifty-one. Yeah, that, that, that has to be count. an outlier. That has to be yeah, an it is an outlier. They didn't even. They just published it. I just threw that in there. They, but, they, uh, they probably finished the last like ten percent of the game, but or whatever it was. So, kind of just to give you an example, uh, the first game they did, they did a bunch of ports. They did like the Half Life sort of sequels and the Halo PC port. But the first game they did on their own was Brothers in Arms: Road to Hill Thirty, which got eighty-seven back in the day. And the last Borderlands got an 81. So for Borderlands 2, over under 85. Eddie. Over. Okay. Anthony. Over. Okay. Jeff. I'm going to say over too. Sorry. Nick. (laughs) Over. (laughs) All right. Why is my score the worst? (laughs) (laughs) So here's here's the thing. Okay. I I love the first one. I believe I said Eddie. Yes, he oh, did sorry. say Eddie. Sir! Damn, <laughs> no. it speaks up when he needs to. My yeah. score right my score game. would be an 86. <laughs> oh, you fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do think it's going to be 86 or 87. I just think 
I think the game is going to get reviewed better. They've probably fixed some of the little issues. I can't remember what the issues people even had with it were, but I'm guessing they'll have fixed some of that. And I think it's probably going to be a bigger game and a better game. So I'm thinking 86, 87 is right around right where we'll top off. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, Jeff, I'm sorry to interrupt you earlier. Would you like to tell me what you think? <laughs> sorry. I just remembered the, the interesting thing about the first one was that it didn't review very well, but all the people who bought it loved it. Like, yeah, it was, was, was kind of like the Wolverine, the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Back. So I almost <laughs> want to say it might even top up like 90, let's say. 90? Ooh, 89. Jeff. 89. Oh, I, people, I can't remember why people even reviewed it so poorly. Like People I, acted like it was just this mediocre game. It was, it was really so repetitive, and the environments were pretty bland. And yet it's so much fun. Yeah. I, I have this feeling that all like all those reviewers that gave it middling reviews played it solo. Played it solo and yeah. you know over the like I mean I came back to it after a year and it's still a hell of a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't be surprised like I get the impression from the from the trailers that it's it's got a lot more variation in enemies and weapons and in environments and hopefully even in gameplay. Um I think it's going to review better. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those reviewers like might actually, you know, have given it another chance later on and realized it was better than they thought. So, the first one, I mean. Yeah. All right, Anthony. He said eighty nine, right? Yeah. I'm so, gonna go. I'm gonna say ninety. You're gonna go ninety. All right. I know uh, at least one sorry. website that's gonna give it a nine. <laughs> so, uh, and the reason for that is, um, it, the first game was sort of like a sort of a sleeper hit that you know it didn't get a lot of press but it was once everybody played it they were like oh this is really good and you know got word of mouth and it was a slow burn kind of game now this is the more hotly anticipated game and when people anticipate something they tend to like they're really excited for it so generally they're already predisposed to liking it as opposed to what's this you know let me see what this is all about um so they already got a good mindset going in and i think that's why the reviews will be better all right, and also probably good. because let's say they maybe they maybe made a better game, probably <laughs> Nick. Yeah, so here's the thing. I think it's going to be kind of like a uh, like a little bit of a, an industry darling. Like um, the first one wasn't reviewed as well as it probably should have been, so maybe this one gets points that the other one should have gotten. Yeah, um, people do that all the time. I could see IGN giving this a 9.4, 9.5. I know that much. Like, I'm feeling right around there. This is going to be in a lot of people's game of the year list. It's going to be, like, really loved. Uh, so I'm definitely going over. 89, 90 both sound super good. Uh, I'm going to go 88. 88. 88. 88. Solid. Uh, but, yeah, I think that it's going to be really loved. I, I do. I think that... It's going to maybe be overly lo- well, not overly loved because it's probably going to be really good. I think it's going to be worth the love. Yeah, but it's going to be one of those things where like it's almost decided before the game has come out that this will be a liked game by the industry and yeah. community. It's we're just waiting for confirmation of what we already know. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. Sounds good. So the next game is very near and dear to our hearts. I'm talking, of course, mm-hmm. about Call of Duty Black Ops Two. No. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Us. Got you guys. No, I'm actually talking about Resident Evil 6, which is coming out October 2nd. Uh, So I grabbed the last couple Resident Evil games. The most recent one was Operation Raccoon City, which got a 52, so let's just move on. Not actually developed by Capcom. That was developed by Slant 6, the SOCOM guys. Resident Evil Revelations uh, for the 3DS got a 82, and Resident Evil 5. Yeah, I heard it was decent. And Resident Evil 5 got an 84. 
back when it was what? reviewed. Wow. I know it seemed that That's seems crazy. low. Yeah. So people were haters. Here's the thing. I know we're all gonna lo- play in love Resident <laughs> Evil Six, but I'm kind of getting a negative vibe from the from the press. So I'm what I'm thinking that as is well. people are kind of decided to hate it, which is interesting. A but they bit. they decided to hate five also before it came out because you couldn't run. That is true. I've got huge backlash. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking over under eighty for Resident Evil mm. Six. Mm. So I want to hear from Anthony mm. first. All right, over under eighty. I will say I'll say over. Okay. Uh, Jeff. Push. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the best reaction when someone Jerf with push. the push. Nick? Uh, I'll go over. All right. Oh, you were going to push, weren't you? Eddie? Over. All right. So, Anthony, what you got? <sighs> okay. So, what was your number? Uh, 80? 80. And the last game got an 84? Let's just say Resident Evil 5, 84. Okay, Resident Evil 5. Yeah, that's what I meant. Resident Evil 5 got an 84. So I'll say 83. 83, okay. Uh, so we know what Jeff gave it. Nick? Uh, I'll go 82. 82. I mean, do we want to talk about our reasons, or do we just want to give scores and then talk about it in a second? You can about your reason. Yeah, you can give your reason. 82. Because 82 feels like one of those games that it was kind of a bigger game that was liked a little bit, but it kind of fell off the radar. Like, I feel like that's kind of what Resident Evil 6 is going to be. It's going to be a game that, if that, like, we're going to love it. Uh, some critics are really going to love it. Some critics are going to hate it. Like, they're going to be like, this is awful. They haven't changed this game since, like, 97. Just fuck this game, and it's going to get really low scores, which is going to bring the overall average down. But yeah, I feel like it's going to be like a, it's going to be viewed as like a decent middle of the road, uh, AAA title. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I, I I gave it kind of a I pushed because you're a dick. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I'm a little concerned that it seems like it might be a little schizophrenic. You know. Like yeah, that's one of the things I've heard. The impression that they're giving is that it's like what three games in one or four games in one. Yeah, one is survival horror, or one is one is Gears of War, and the other is uh, you're being chased by a guy. I think it's entirely possible that like we'll love it, but you know, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if if reviewers trash on it because I heard some previews from somebody who said they loved the survival horror part, which was Leon's, and they played the Chris part, and they said they absolutely despised it, and then they were indifferent about the third act. So if the reviewers are sort of honest and give every thing a try they may like it all but i get a feeling some people will just be like i want this to be survival horror in the way it was originally and anything else than that is obviously suck and i don't want that so i think they'll punish the game for that so because a lot of people were i'm sorry one more thing a lot of people were Ah, upset that it even went the direction that resident evil 4 did uh that that was like over the shoulder yeah yeah that that was too big of a change for the game and i thought it just finally made it playable but what, what do I know? <laughs> Which is interesting because let's just start to interject real quick. Resident Evil 4 is, uh, I think, in the top five highest rated games of all time. It is one of the best games so, ever. So I'll just, just throw that out there. I find that interesting that it's like that. It's like a 97. Like, it's wow. really, really high. Yeah. Go, Eddie, go. Uh, pretty much everything everyone said. Well, what's your score, son? Oh, my score is going to probably be 82. 82? Hmm. Okay, yeah. so you Me and, and Eddie are still in the pot. You and yeah. Nick know that know that feel, bro. Yeah. 
All right, so we w- probably want to move on here to uh, Assassin's Creed 3. Probably the good th- good thing that I'm running this game so that my bias doesn't show through. I mean, my bias might show through with my over-underscore, but anyways. So Assassin's Creed 3, we all know it. We all know that I love it. Kind of looking over the history of the games, it reviewed pretty well. Uh, the highest score was 90 on Assassin's Creed 2. The lowest is 80 for Assassin's Creed Revelations. Um, the original Assassin's Creed got 81. And I'm thinking kind of the it's going to make another similar jump in quality that it made from one to two. So I'm thinking over under 90 for Assassin's Creed three. I know I'm, I'm, I'm highballing this one, Jeff, come at me, bro. Over. Whoa. What was your number? Sorry. 90 for Assassin's Creed three. Yeah. Okay. Nick under. All right, Eddie. I want to push. Eddie gone push. <laughs> that sounded weirdly sexual. I want to push. I want to push. I want to push real bad. I, I pushed push. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anthony. Over. All right, uh, Jeff, what you thinking? 91. Nerdy Wern. All right. Uh, you got a reason for that? I, I... You know why I pulled you over? <laughs> That's exactly what you sounded like. You know what you're doing right there. I I I am cautiously optimistic that the um the new environment, like the the seasons and the forest and all of that stuff is gonna be yeah like those new mechanics are gonna breathe so much life into here, here. the game. I think it's going to make Since a big difference. Since they're at least a quarter of a point, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, no, but seriously, like, the Assassin's Creed has been about climbing up on buildings up until now, and so, like, that's, that to me is, like, that's a big change, that suddenly you're, you're in the, a forest climbing up trees and, and, you know, the American frontier and all that stuff. I think it has a good chance of being, like, a, another huge leap. I, I'm, I might be almost as big of a fanboy as... Uh, as Mitch, possibly. I'm actually surprised that Revelations got reviewed so badly because I, I mean, did it, he write all those reviews or what? It's, <laughs> it's definitely better than uh, the first Assassin's Creed. I don't know why oh, anybody yeah, would. Yeah, sure. So, well, maybe they're just feeling Ezio fatigue. Ezio. He, everybody loves Ezio. I think it's Desmond though too. Yeah, I think Desmond, yeah, people Desmond. are just sick of Desmond. I think I'm they've got to do something with Desmond in this game. I hope they kill him at the end. Anthony, you want to go? Yes. Okay. Jeff just made a good point about um, because, you know, it's, he'll be in the forest and running around. I'm playing a game with a guy who's running around in a forest. That game is Metal Gear Solid 3, and people love that game. So people are going to love Assassin's Creed 3. So it's going to get a 92. That's right. I'm going higher than that. Um, gave those gamers a forest. Gamers loves forests. <laughs> gamers love forests, especially when before they were running around in something else. They were running around a city and a big shell. Now they're running around in a forest. They're going to love it. Also, one other thing. Do you remember, Nick, uh, I think we talked this, about this one time, about a, like a Christmas game, like the kind of game where it's good to play in the wintertime. Yes. You know, I think the Christmas game this year that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for it, get it on Christmas Day, and play it on Christmas with a blanket bundled up around me while it's really cold or in Tampa, it'll be at least 70 degrees, um, is Assassin's Creed 3. I think this is the perfect Christmas game this year, and that's why it gets to 92 for me. I feel like that the, the kids need to learn that a 30-year-old man can wrap a blanket around him on Christmas Day and play games, and it's okay. 
Assassin. Assassin. Assassino. 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 It's totes okay. Nick, what's your score? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with. I already did an 88. I'll do 89. 89. Why do you hate Assassin's Creed 3 and think it's going to be the worst game ever? I don't hate Assassin's Creed 3, and I think it's going to be really good. I think that something you actually touched on earlier, uh, uh, you said Ezio fatigue. But I think Assassin's Creed fatigue might creep a little bit into this. Uh, I think they're going to do really cool different stuff, but I think that there might be some reviewers that are like, okay, this is like the fifth year of this now, and it's like I'm climbing up trees instead of buildings it's but it's the same thing i feel like that might enter in a little bit i think it'll be a really great game um but i and i mean 89 is still like going to be one of the best like uh, as an aggregate score 89 is going to be like a probably top 10 game of the year 89 is the worst yeah. and you know it <laughs> yeah he's got a point yeah that's true i guess it's not a but nine, yeah and you know everything has to be a nine to exist well no ign will give it a nine ign will give it a nine point two but um, I just, I'm just throwing that out. But yeah, I think that it'll be loved, but maybe not. Maybe a little bit of a fatigue on it. That's what I think. Okay, sounds pretty good. All right, so the last game of tonight is going to be Halo 4. So Halo 4 is going to be the first real effort from 343 Industries. Uh, the last thing they put out was Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, which I thought was pretty well done as an update, but it got an 82 so, which is okay, I guess, for basically just a rehash of an old game. Yeah, the I guess that got hurt because of that, yeah. Yeah. The last two games mm -hmm. uh, were Halo Reach, which was 91, and Halo 3, which is 94. Not made by 343, obviously, but I thought I'd just throw them in there for comparison. What I'm thinking, over under 87. So, Nick? You know what, Mitch? I like your 87. I think I'm going to push. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, sir. I take pushes as a compliment as the game runner. <laughs> um, Eddie? I'm going to go under. Under. Ooh. Anthony? Over. Okay, Jeff? Under. All right, Jeff and Eddie, why is the Master Chief going to take a piss on our consoles? I, th I think people are going to make Halo 4 into kind of a punching bag. I just have this feeling like no I matter totally, how good it is, totally agree with you, Eddie. I think people are going to make it a punching bag. That's just like, okay, it's the fourth. Oh, three, four, three, try to breathe. Well, dang it. It's going to go either way, but I think it's going to go this way. It's going to be like, oh, three, four, three, finally breathe life into it. And they'll give it like really high scores. But I think it's going to be that like three, four, three couldn't breathe life into it. And it's still the same game. And it's still this. And they couldn't match Bungie. And I just think that's what people are going to do. I think it's going to have a younger brother do. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I, think think gonna be, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like. Um, I think it's going to be the way people treated the Treyarch Call of Duty games for a while. Um, so what's your score? Uh, uh, I'll say eighty-four. Damn, son, Jeff. Eighty-five, I think. But I, I'm kind of actually a little biased against Halo games because I thought Reach was okay, but it, I didn't think it was really anything spectacular. And I know that was the last Bungie one, but. Um, I played a bit of uh, the Combat Evolved re-release with my brother. We played through like, mm, I don't know, maybe like a quarter of the game, and then we were both just like, you know what? We don't really feel like playing this anymore. <laughs> like, you know, it, it looked good, but... <sighs> like, there, there are mechanics of shooters that I'm used to that Halo didn't have. <laughs> 
you know, or at least the first game doesn't have. Um, like, what is it? Uh, oh, left trigger throwing a grenade drives me crazy. Uh, so I, I, I've never really been able to get into them that much. You know, I never, like, I, I, I had Halo 3 for a little while, and I think I played it for about an hour, and then I sold it or gave it back or something. So, yeah, I think I missed Peter. I, I think I missed the boat on Halo. Yeah, today we learned that Jeff hates fun. Um, in other news, <laughs> Nicholas with the burn. Dang. Okay, Anthony, why are Eddie and Jeff stupid idiots? Um, because because I say so. All right, that was a Breaking Bad thing. Fuck y'all guys. Um, what was your number again? It was eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna go crazy here. I'm just gonna say eighty-nine. Um, I think I'll put it just below nine. Like it'll get some points just because it's Halo and it's fun or whatever. I think that um, some people might be excited by a sort of uh, fresh take and fresh eyes on it, as long as it actually is fresh. Um, I think they're doing enough neat things. I think the promise of that really cool DLC weekly episodic thing, even though the reviewers won't get to play that, but I think the promise of it will sway them a little bit. Um, <laughs> So I I think they're gonna grade it like that. It's it's Halo. It's fun. Um, I've heard I haven't heard anything bad about the game yet. So um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it's just gonna be just below a, a ninety. Cool. Anyone got any closing thoughts? No, nah, this was good. I'm glad we got to podcast again. Me All too. right. Well, that's the end of the game. And the end of the and the end of the podcast. I did it too. <laughs> All right, everybody <laughs> first. Everybody run a train on this outro. No. Um, Gamer style. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to follow Gamer Sushi, we're twitter.com slash Gamer Sushi. And um, you can rate and review the cast on iTunes. Only five stars, please. If you want to follow me, I'm twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. I'm twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore. Jeff. And that's it. See you guys. That's the only <laughs> people that matter. Browns. <laughs> I'm twitter.com slash unsquare. I'm twitter.com slash mi7ch. And Nick is twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. I'm eating right now. I'm twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. I'm late to the podcast, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Taco in my mouth. Oh! And we'll see you. Your mouth on a taco. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Sorry, I got a quiet by the end. My voice, like, just gave out. Oh, you sound really... Open Gangnam Style Gangnam Style Op, op, op